0: This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Seadick Run. Cedic Run is Grand Forks' premier running store and has everything you need. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a shoe to run in at the upcoming Wild Hog Half Marathon, or you want something comfortable to wear on your morning walks. There's a really good chance that the perfect pair of trainers is waiting for you at SDR. Richard, Adam, Matt, and the team are the experts, and they'd love to help you out. If you haven't seen the beautiful new store in downtown Grand Forks, be sure to swing by or check out one of their events, like the Thursday night rhombus run. Jog or walk with some fellow runners and get a free pint at the end. That's Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. We are always looking for new sponsors, so if you or someone you know would like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to us. We always joke that either you or someone you know has our phone number, but if not, you can email us at prairietfpodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a message on our social medias. On this episode of the podcast, we get the first look at Jim Varenkamp, the new head track and field and cross country coach at the University of North Dakota. We asked for 20 minutes of his time and got to converse with him for over an hour and a half. When we spoke with Jim, we learned a lot. He schooled us on some of the history of the sport in North Dakota. He shared how he built the program at the University of Queens and Charlotte for the past decade and painted a picture of what he wants out of the program and where he sees it going. We were pretty certain someone else was gonna end up with the job. If you saw our post last week, we apologize. What can we say? We're aspiring journalists and we're learning as we go. But we are very thrilled at the new hire of Coach Camp. We also offer a glimpse at the cross country season one month in. We share what we've seen on the men's and women's sides in both class A and B. We look at some of the collegiate races that have taken place, who to watch out for, and a few of our bold predictions as we get closer to championship season. Thank you so much for your support. We recently went over 400 followers on Instagram and we just keep climbing. Our goal ever since the beginning has always been to put eyes on the sport and some of the great athletes that this state is producing. And we feel like that's happening. You can keep supporting us by sharing our posts, telling your friends about the podcast, or just giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again so much, but enough about us. Let's get started with episode 31 of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. at who you are as a coach so all right we are here with coach Jim Varenkamp the new head coach of UND track and field and cross country first of all Jim congratulations on the new job
1: thank you very much thanks for having me on well thank
0: you for joining us so before we even talk track stuff we just want to know a little bit about who you are and I think a lot of people are curious you come from a college that a lot of people aren't super familiar with you were at University of South Dakota once Uh, I don't want to say long ago, but I mean, over a decade ago now. So just give us a little bit about who you are, like your Instagram bio.
1: The the problem is if you you go on my Instagram bio, you're going to be like, man, this guy is really into grass. Love cool season grasses, so that's if you go on my Instagram bio, you're gonna see a lot of pictures of my lawn, a lot of you know discussion about what type you know fertilizer to put down there, you know what length is best to cut it. So i I like to uh, like do a lot of different things. So I'm trying to think of what the what the term is. You're,
0: you guys, uh, on are one you a process, renaissance man? That's you're what I was gonna say.
1: Renaissance man was one of the, but there's another term for it that I can't think of, uh, right now, but I'll, Jack of all I'll, trades. Yeah. It's basically that it'll come to me.
0: Okay. But, Sweet. um,
1: as being a decathlete, that's, that's my background. That's what I am like. Lots of different stuff. My attention span is approximately 50 minutes long, which is about how long it takes to do each event, uh, in the decathlon. I'm, that that's one of the things that I, I struggle with is, is just fixating on one thing. And, uh so that's probably a little bit about what my personality is. It's kind of governed by that. And then that's kind of how I fell into uh, that part of the sport. And that also one thing that I think that's probably important to know is just I love the whole sport, you know, like all of it, not just a uh, hundred or the or the shot put or the pole vault or anything like that. But that's, that's kind of, uh, that's why I am that way. Multi- Multifaceted, thinking about all kinds of different things. So yeah, take that wherever you want, Ryan. I guess that's the short answer.
0: Right on. Single, married, kids.
1: Was single, got married, had kids.
0: Boom. Right on. Right on. And obviously in that order. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So one of the first th- first things I noticed was they listed all these accolades that you've got: fourteen Coach of the Year awards that's, that's no small potatoes. So you've been at Queens incredibly successful for people in the Midwest who don't know a lot about Queens, you know, tell us about the university and then tell us a little bit about just what you've built down there over the last decade.
1: So I'll start the big fan of stories. One of my minors was English when I was in college. So I'll tell you a little story. When I, when I got here, okay, I took over for a guy and I'm going to test you and you and Cameron right here, you guys tell me that you're fans of North Dakota track and field. I took over for a guy named Scott Simmons. You recognize that name? I don't. Oh, I'm beginning to question whether or not you guys are fifth. Okay, Scott Simmons was a coach of the Thai brothers who are both from Canada, who ran for my not? They won the national championship in the NAI days. They ran against Coach Dennis Newell when he was at Black Hill State. There we go. Okay. So at least you know that name. At least you know that name. But anyway, so Scott was a supremely successful coach. He coached who in the current Olympics this year? You guys were trying to name Olympians the other day from the area. Who did Scott Simmons coach who medaled this year in the Olympics? Oh, they are just swinging for the fences oh, and hitting man. nothing. I'm throwing, sorry. It, was, it
0: wasn't uh, Sunisa Lee all around women's gymnast? No, no? <laughs> it
1: was not. That's a good <laughs> guess. Sure. He, he coached uh, the only American who got a medal in the 5K. So he has got a pro group right now in Colorado Springs. And he, he, he was at Queens before I ever got there. So everybody who is who is a true fan of the sport over the last 30 years in the, in the Dakotas knows that name. And because I was from the Dakotas, I knew that name. Because when I was a freshman at South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, there were two teams getting it done. Dickinson. Dickinson was flat getting it done. Trevor Berry was there. He was mm-hmm. a freshman. I used to have the high jump against that guy. Um, they had Aaron Clear. They had, uh, boy, I cannot think of the guy who, the guy that, that has her hundred meter record just took over for a, uh, a, school in Southern Utah this year. He was actually out in the Carolinas. Um, those guys were getting it done. And mine was getting it done in cross country along with black Hill state. And so I followed Scott. Okay. And when Scott left Queens, because he was at Virginia intermont before that, one, he left Queens, I was like, bam, I want that job. I know that they're well-funded. I know that they have a lot of opportunities. It's in a, it's in a location that'll be easy for me to recruit kids. And uh, and no, no shade towards Scott, but when I got here, everything was a dumpster fire, and I had three guys left on the track team. None of them ran. One of them ran ran distance. And I told him that day when I got there, I said, "Chris, if you give me, if you give me this year, you redshirt this year, I will put together a team and we will get us get ourselves back to nationals." And two years later, we made it to the national meet with the men's team. We weren't good that year, but we got there. So that's that's where the the story really begins. It's kind of like that origin story. If you watch the mm-hmm. first Wolverine, if you're a fan of origin stories, you get to know that how how he ended up with these uh, blades coming out of his hands. Um, so Scott Simmons is really my origin story because that guy is how I got here and how now I've gotten back to the state of North Dakota, which is where he originally was getting things done there. So if that gives you that's kind of just a, a synopsis of where we're where I started. At being at South Dakota and how I ended up down at Queens, but mm-hmm. to take it a little bit further, when I got to Queens, things were things were rough. man. Um, but we did have a lot of great opportunities. I had an administration who stepped back and just said, "You do whatever you want to do with this." You know, the guy before you had only distance runners on this team. We had some really great kids. We had a girl that was a national champion in the 10K and the 5K. We had a girl who was a runner-up in the 10K. Uh, Her name was Tanya John. We had a guy named Michael Crouch, who was a national champion. Daniel Kanyarohuru, who was a national champion. Um, You know, like 5K every single year. We had somebody who was winning something. Scott won five five individual national championships and had the men and the women finishing in the top 10 across country every single year when he was here. And they just never could quite put it together. They always had like four really healthy dudes and one guy who should have like made them top three, top four, and they just was never there. Um, <clears throat> so when I got here, we started completely over, um, and, and it was a really great opportunity. Again, administration stepped back they let me do stuff. And, uh, we were able to, <laughs> we were able to find some kids that were really good. I had a girl who came came, I just love telling stories. She comes to my office. She's like, Hey, uh, I'm on the basketball team. Like two of my friends are also doing track and field here and they just, You know, they said you're a pretty good dude. This was the first year that I was there. They're like, she's like, "Uh, you think I could do track and field? And I just said, do you want to do track and field? Because I like if you don't want to do it, I'm not trying to force you onto the team or anything. She's like, well, I had a coach in high school that would always make me run the 200. You going to make me run the 200? I was like, if you don't want to run the 200, you don't have to run the 200. I don't know anything about this girl. I'd looked her up before. She ran 12.5 and 100 before and I was like, if, if you want to be on the team, look this up 12 5. It's going to score at a conference meet. You can be on the team. And so she said, I don't have to run the 200. I said, Conference meet, you got to run the 200. That's the only time you got to run the 200 and only if you're going to score. Sticks her hand out, shake her hand, deal. Fast forward a month later, I'm teasing her. I'm starting to use some reverse psychology on her because I'm starting to learn that this girl's good. Go to the first meet, runs 12-4. Go to the next meet, runs 12-3. Go to the meet after that, she runs 12-2. So I'm teasing her and talking to my assistant coach. I'm like, this girl can long jump. Because she's a starting point guard on the basketball team. She's fast. She can get off the ground. She's super athletic, super coordinated. So I go down to practice. I'm like, hey, uh, Coach Siegrin says you're uh, not very athletic. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. He said, you have no handles on the basketball court. He's like, and you definitely can't long jump. She's like, (laughs) I can long jump. I can, I can be good at long jump. And I'm like, this is not, this is, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. You're just not good enough. That's just a plain, simple fact. Dude, by the end of that practice, she was like, I will long jump at the conference. She was so fired up. So we to the conference. <laughs> she, she wins a 100 meter dash. She wins a 200 meter dash. She wins a long jump. We win the four by one. She anchors a four by four. And we were picked as a team last at the conference meet. We finished second by nine and a half points. And we had a girl with two hurdles to go, leading the finals of the women's hurdles, that she fell, and so wow. we, we we were two hurdles short of going from being predicted to be last to winning the damn thing. So then Dang. it keeps going. I tell this girl, and I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at the budget. i don't know, we got some money left. I'm like, hey, you want to fly to a meet out in California and just just see if you can, uh, you know, like qualify for nationals or something? She's like, all right, yeah, sure, sounds good to me. So we fly out to California. I put her on a full approach long jump for the first time. This girl at conference, she jumped 18.5. She's never long jumped before. First jump, jumps 18.5. Beats everybody in the conference. We go out to California. I put her on a full approach. First jump, she jumps 5.96. 19.7 and three quarters. Gets out of the pit. She kind of looks at it. She goes, is that good? I'm like, is that far? I'm like, well, your season just got a little bit longer because now we got to go to nationals in a couple of weeks. Okay. So she's like, cool, whatever. She asked me, she goes, hey, I got to run 100 later. How fast should I run? And I'm like, what do you mean, how fast should you run? She goes, well, I don't know. Like, how fast do I need to run to go to national? She's run, mind you, she's run 12 2 at this point. I'm like, man, you run 11 8, probably go to national. She's like, cool. I'm talking to Tanya after John, our two time national champion, chatting her up. You know, she comes, taps me on the shoulder. She goes, ran 11 8 like you told me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Long story short, this girl ends up being a national champion in the 60 meter dash, being a national champion, long jump, being a runner up in the hundred meter dash, you know, breaking, running 23 in the 200, she ran 11.3 in the hundred. She was the 25th fastest girl in the United States her senior year. Uh, she long jumped far enough at our national championships. She was, I think the 11th ranked long jumper, female long jumper in the United States. So she, there's just some girl walked off the tape on the basketball. Wow. Team. And so like thing instance after instance, like that happened when I was at Queens, um, and I, and I love the saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. We beat the bushes to find good kids that came in that fit our program. And we had a couple couple people like that, a couple individuals like that that came in and, and uh, really, really helped us get over the hump. And, uh, you know, last couple of years, men, men were sixth cross nationals one year, just, I mean, 40 points, 40 points we missed the podium. Uh, so we're knocking on the door in that area of head and we've had people be national champions in all kind of events. you know javelin long jump 60 meter dash 100 meter dash you've had people be uh national champions in the 1500 you know just list goes on and on and on but but we've built such a great group and a great program and it's and it's truly like it's a family like right now we have the best culture the best culture the kids love each other they love coming to practice like I thought COVID was going to be rough on us. It, everybody just got tighter. We have one kid get COVID last year in the entire year. One kid, one case get COVID. And that was because he was in an RA and he was on the same floor with all the lacrosse kids. And they, those, they had more than one, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up catching that from them. So, um, I mean, does that give you an idea? I don't know if that even answers your question, Ryan. I get talking and then I kind of just say whatever I want. I don't know if I really (laughs) address what you're looking for.
0: No, I think it absolutely does. That's so awesome to hear.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's just from what we've heard over the last few years, like following UND's kind of program, that's kind of the vision that I've always seen like UND wanting to have. Um, so how do you think you're going to take, uh, that success and that culture, uh, from Queens and bring it into, uh, a different region in the country, uh, different, different personnel that are already there and then, uh, build it back up. Cause I mean, the, the cross, the cross boys and cross girls, you know, at their first meet, uh, they performed quite well, uh, quite a bit better than I expected. So, uh, they seem to already have a, a bit of, you know, motivation and uh, you know the drive to to succeed. Um, so it's not going to be building it maybe straight from the bottom, but
1: yeah. So if I heard your your question right, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna say this back to you so that you can tell me whether or not I got it. You just really want to you want to hear like where are we gonna go? Like where are we at? What's what's the vision? Like what are we gonna try and do? Um, Absolutely. I, I think first and former foremost. What everybody wants to know is like, what are you gonna do? I'm a process person. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you about results. I'm not gonna tell you what we're gonna win or what we're not gonna win, but I'm gonna tell you one thing. We are gonna be better than we were every single day that I'm at that program. And that might be different stuff, right? Might be emotionally mm-hmm. better, might be psychologically better. We might bring in some stud recruits. We might be better on the track. We might have people, you know, we might improve our staffing, improve our facilities, improve our connection with alumni, whatever it is, we're going to be better as a program. And the other thing that I'm committed to as well is not only making UND better, making the Summit League better and making the sport better in general, in the state and in the region. Like that, to me, if you're doing that stuff, the success is going to come. The accolades are going to come. And that's what we talk about all the time. When I take my kids to our conference track meet, they get one thing screamed at Do your job. Show up, execute the process, do your job. And I know that's a Bill Belichick thing. You look over here on my stack of books, I got a bunch of Bill Belichick books over here. And that's like, that's my personality. I'm like that guy. i probably got a little bit more you know, piss and vinegar than he's got a little bit more fire than he has. But like, I want you to know, like we're process, okay? There's a right way to do stuff, okay? Success follows that. So if we can get in there, we can be better every single day. If we can have better kids every single year, and then we can make them better, we can have a tighter connection with our alumni and we can start building out a vision for like what's possible, sky's the limit. Absolutely, the sky's the limit. And if we make the summit league better, the thing that I love, because I'm a huge fan of the summit, League, right? I basically am a child of the summit league. I came out of it and went to the University of South Dakota. Everybody looked straight at I-29, both ways, you know, love, seeing everybody be in d1 be successful be on tv i love being able to turn my tv on here where i'm in north carolina right now and watch games could never do that in the old ncc days could never do that and i love that that is somebody had enough vision to move it from where it was to something else and so that i mean that ultimately that Again, I'm not telling you like where we're going to do and where we're going and when we're going to do it and like what date we're going to be successful, but we're going to be better every single day that I'm at that program.
3: As a UND alumni, that's like that's That's really good to hear, because obviously I want to see the program, you know, do big things. You know, we've gotten to watch the NDSU throwers, you know, go to nationals the last few years, and I'd love to have UND people there at the national meet every year outdoors. Um, I am kind of curious though, um, there's been a lot of buzz lately about the fact that UND started the year with no uh, track staff. And so like, you know, the the year has started, there's already been a race. Now you're on board. Um, Publicly, no other coaches have been announced. Like, how are you gonna deal with that?
1: Just gotta go through the process, get people hired, get them in the door. Um, Being a state school, that's one of the things that you gotta do. You gotta jump through the process, gotta make sure that we check our boxes, find the best people, and, and the one thing I just talked to the guy from the, uh, the newspaper downtown. I can't think of his name earlier before this. And I was and I was telling him. Now I'm blanked. <laughs> exactly where I was going with that. Um, we our goal is ultimately right. Oh, I remember where I was going. You guys know, not everybody's a distance guy. Ryan, you're a multi guy, right? Cameron, you're a distance guy. Yep, Yeah. Nate, you're a distance guy. What part of the year you guys take off from training? Don't, right? If you're, if you're a true collegiate athlete, yeah. you're, you're, it's a cycle, man. It's just going. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, oh, what's it like being here at the beginning of the year? I just, this is a, a washer that's running constantly on, on rinse. I just opt in. Okay. So that's where I'm at in this process. So it doesn't matter. There's no good time. There is no good time to transition from one person to another. As soon as we get there, everybody starts getting better. As soon as I get there, everybody starts getting better. And it's going to be everybody in every single group. So hopefully that answers your question. Like timing's unfortunate, but guess what? I'm in the relationship now. Let's dance. Start figuring things out.
2: I'm
3: sorry. Have you had a chance to meet with the athletes face to face or where's no, that process? I'm out? still
1: in North Carolina. Yesterday is the first day I was officially anything. Okay. So I've, <laughs> I've got two things happening. I got to go to Greece next week. Or no, I got to go to Greece tomorrow, Saturday. Casual. Saturday. <laughs> Casual. I'm going to Greece. I have to perform a wedding over there. My brother in law is getting married. Um, so then when I'm done with that, packing things up and I'll be in Grand Forks.
0: Right on. Now, something that I don't know if I've specifically seen yet, at UND, what events are you going to primarily focus on? What's going to be your main event?
1: Don't know yet. Ooh. Depends on what we get as far as staff.
0: Ooh, we love that. So that means you're if not... You've looked you're not at my go-
1: resume. If you've looked at my resume, I've coached everything everywhere.
0: Yeah, which is so very I've, impressive. Uh, I've, been,
1: I've been a throws coach, been a vertical jumps coach, been a short sprints coach, been A kid that was for me in the 800, Uh, I've coached 15, five kids. Like it's going to, I'm like, I'm going to be the CEO of the program. True. I'm going to be the face of the program, working with alumni, working with boosters, whoever, you know what I mean? To make our sport better. And I'll fill in the area where we need as far as coaching. And then I'm going to get the best coaching staff that we can to take care of the kids that we have on the team.
0: Yeah, I like that approach. Hire the best people, not necessarily just for an event.
1: Hundred yeah. percent. Nate, does that answer your questions a little bit? Yeah, it
3: does. Um, you know, it's it, it's no good bad to hear. questions. So. I, yeah, I hope I hope everything goes well. You know, I hope you're the best. You know, they've they've really been bringing in some distance recruits the last few years. We've been hearing that they're really focused on distance, and as a distance alumni, that's encouraging. But just like the whole team. You know, I'd love to see the whole team just get up there and be competitive in the Summit League instead of seeing NDSU and SDSU take everything all the time.
1: I feel the same way.
0: <laughs> now, let's see, Cam, Nate, do you have any other questions? I'm good.
1: I Yeah,
2: I got one more. So, I mean, you've talked a lot about uh, the process of everything uh, sure. and like and building, you know, culture and on the team and in the conference and the region and the state and all that. Uh, how important is uh, building the, uh, the culture of track and field? Uh, how important is it to recruit uh, local or regional athletes to, to you to build that culture?
1: It's a great question. What's the right answer?
0: That's what you're <laughs> supposed to tell us. No, I, don't yeah. want, I want to hear
1: it. I, I think I think
2: it's similar to coaching. If the right athletes are in the region, in the state, you have to do your best to get them. But if they're not there, I mean, the world is a big place, you know, and there's a lot of people looking for a lot of opportunities.
1: So Um, here's, here's the number one thing you got to find talent. Got to find talent. You have to start with talent. That's, that's the foundation of all of it. you got to figure out where does that talent exist? Maybe it's in the state. Maybe it's in the state next to you. Now, I don't want any talent to walk out the door, right, because somebody says, oh, Coach Camp only recruits Minnesota kids. That's not true. I'm going to be looking for talent. Why would I ever let anybody walk away from the program? Because if you look at things geographically, right, you got to start with selling your program. When I start with kids that are in North Dakota. They already know what the program is. They know where it's located. They know what the weather's like. Mm-hmm. They're just already buying there, right? Same with Minnesota kids, same with Wisco kids, same with Southern Canada kids. Okay. So you've you've got people who already culturally fit your group. That's that's super important to me. You. Yeah. You're, you're gonna find the kids that meet you. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a relationship, but you start a relationship with a girl that doesn't have the same viewpoint in the world. You just, that's going to be messy. It's the same way in coaching, man. Everything's built on relationships, people. So you got to start with talent. Okay. You got to find culture and fit. You got to find people who want what your university has got. Like people got to be a fan of the institution. Mm -hmm. Okay. They got to walk in the door and be like, man, I'm looking to get a degree in engineering. I'm looking to get a, you know, a degree in aerospace stuff, you know, I mean, like that, that's you, you're going to start with those types of things. So I'm trying to work around to your, to your question. I think a lot of people look at certain programs and they say, they just buy talent. That's what our job is. Our job is to find talent. My job is not to find the worst kid in the state and turn <laughs> him into a star. Those are stories, right? Like the Rudy stories, like those are stories that for those of us who are not very talented. I'm like, oh, it could have been me. I could have been the starter on the football team that played for Notre Dame. I'm not that talented, right? Nobody came and found me out of high school because I wasn't very good. But I want to make sure I know every single kid who shows talent. I want to know all the coaches in the state of North Dakota, the high school coaches, on on a first-name basis in a way where they can call me up and be like, hey, I know you're looking for talent. This is your guy. Or girl, whatever it is, you know, and I'm gonna be like, great. But that's again, it goes back to relationships. I'm a relationship guy. Okay. Like I wanna sit down and I want to have some coffee with you and find out, you know, how things are going in your life, what what's important to you. And like when you know those types of things about people where you live, and I and I use the term where I where I live to think like globally. I'm I'm gonna live in a town, I'm gonna live in a county, I'm gonna live in a city, I'm gonna live in a country, right? When you start knowing those things about all the people that you're connected to, it's pretty easy to find the right talent and like cultural fit for your team. And, yeah. I, and I have gone all over the place to find it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're talking about, you know, living in a city, in a county, a town. Now you live in the great state of North Dakota. How good does that feel? Are <laughs> you're going to? feels good. That's I was awesome. telling,
1: uh, I was telling what's his name from the from the newspaper. I should look his name up instead of saying what's his name here. But um, I was telling him that's one of the things I'm super excited about. People are they identify with where they're from regionally, right? And, and like most people don't lose their roots. We all went to high school with somebody who just could not wait until they graduated to get the hell out of wherever we're all from. But that's not me. I, I always had friends like my friends have moved to Hawaii. I had a friend who moved to Norway and stuff like that. And they were just like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here." And like, I'm proud of where. You know, you know who my favorite CLA, like F B football team is. And can you guess? It's got a North Dakota connection.
0: Here not you. Kansas actually, State, don't say you, State. You cut out just a little bit there. Could you say it one more okay. time?
1: Who is my Who is my favorite? FBS football team right now, if you looked at my resume and you know where I'm from and you know, it has a North Dakota connection and it's not K-State, who might it be?
0: uh, Wyoming.
1: Yeah. Dude, I love Craig Bull. I love Craig Bull. I love the success of the Dakotas, right? Because I am proud of where I'm from. And if there's a color that all these states, what are, you know, you guys are green and gold, you know, I'm not going to bleed that color. But but I like, like my heart, that's where it is, man. Like I have lived all over the place, but like the Dakotas is... And I can remember when I moved back from Atlanta. And uh, I'll throw a shout out to my, my roommate at the time, Jaden Olson, who's now uh, was the associate head coach at unit NDSU for several years and just took a job as an athletic director on the other side of the state. I want to say by Williston uh, at a junior college. I spent a whole year being like the loneliest guy in Atlanta. Cause big city people are just too busy to be bothered with anybody but themselves. And I moved in. And the day that I moved in that house, he's like, you yeah, know, going to St. Cloud for a football game tomorrow. You want to go? I was like, sure. Sounds good to me. We went to St. Cloud, went up minneapolis like ran all over the place and like i took one day i had a relationship with that dude and i still call that guy up on the phone we talk you know so like I, I i just love the people in the dakotas i love the summit like i'm, I'm fired up to be part of it because I, i've been a fan of all of the people in that group and have always dreamed about being like dave glotslavin being like dick clay being like Don Larson, like all of those people like that, you know, that's me as a kid. Like that's the stuff that I dreamed of. Someday I'm going to be like that. And like today get to do that. Like how often as a kid do you get to like live like what your dreams are, man? Like that's, that's the stuff that I think you need to be fired up about.
0: Man. That's awesome. As I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to, put North Dakota on the map, get a spotlight on some of these athletes that are coming from the state and doing great things, whether they stay in the state or go somewhere else. And to hear that you want to be on a first name basis with high school coaches, be a visible figure, be out there. I mean, that's great because we want more eyes on the sport. It just makes the sport better. People love it more. It's good to have fans. Um, And just a culture that we hope that we're trending. And it sounds like you're going to be big in that investment. Now, as far as like specifically Grand Forks, how are you going to make track a little bit more visible in a town that's just hockey crazed?
1: Uh, we could start by putting skates on the kids and see how that goes, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question. Right. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think there is like, I'm not going to roll in there. I'm not going to go into Kyle Doborowski's like office and be like, Hey, here's a deal. All the kids are going to do their long runs with uh pucks and and a stick and we're going to we're going to change the way that people think but one of the things that i'm passionate about is winning hearts and minds okay and that is beginning to like figure out what makes people tick and what they care about and starting to meet those needs you start to meet those needs whether they're within the community uh being able to have some camps and stuff like that in the summer where you start to make connections and people you know, start to have associations with when well, my kid went to your camp and he got to spend his time with Ryan there. And then he started following Ryan. And he started becoming a bigger fan of the sport. As soon as you start to like connect with the community, we're, we're never going to have a 12,000 person meet where 12,000 people from the community come out for a 14 hour track meet, right? Mm-hmm. None of us want to do that. But if we can start connecting and winning some hearts and minds for the sport, Man, then that's that's how you do it. One of the things that we've done, like here, and just dumb stuff to, to like get people excited about, we do street ball every single summer, you know. And I've had uh, had people qualify for the world championships. Like at our street ball, guys jumping um, like five. What did he jump? Scott jumped like five seventy six, like just under 19 feet in pole vault. And like, we did it at a local brewery across the street of a distillery across the street from the bowling alley. And like the whole community (laughs) is just walking by. What in the hell are you guys doing out here? We had a shot put ring out there where kids were competing in that. We had 115 people compete in pole vault one day. Like, just being able, like, and I realized like, this is a different place as far as bigger, but people don't buy in here like they do in smaller places like Grand Forks or like smaller states. you know, People here are always, they've got FOMO. They don't want to commit to anything because they're scared to death that they'll miss the coolest thing and they won't be a part of that. But like what I want to do again, is like winning hearts and minds. We want to go in and we want to be able to engage and give people points where they can contact our team, our athletes, our coaches and make those connections. And like those connections are lifelong. Like one of those things I can remember as a high schooler, every single year at the Dome, I got those, like, early season indoor meets. And just, like, walking into that building, you'd be like, this is a thing? Like, this is a place where people work out every – in high school, I ran in a parking lot every day. We didn't have a track. You know, like Mm -hmm. I literally hurdled in the parking lot. It was downhill on one way and uphill the back way. And it was 200 (laughs) meter circuit where you'd have to run two laps to do a 400. You know, and I was a state champ in the state of South Dakota. I beat Chad Greenway my senior year in the 300 meter hurdles. That's my claim to fame. My wife was like, yeah, it's not Chad Greenway. I was like, that guy sucks. I beat him in track. (laughs) 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 I think to a former uh, Minnesota a gopher girl that was on the uh, track and field team there and he's a great guy he's a great representative of our state i think at one point the, the vikings had two guys from south dakota the starting linebackers and that was just right there i was like those are some of our guys that are on the team that like i actually shook hands with or that you know i'd beaten some silly 300 meter hurdle race or something like that um but that's that's what i want to do want to get into the community and connect with people and uh, you're, you're not going to be bigger than hockey probably ever, but there's a spot for you alongside it. There's a spot for people passionate about the University of North Dakota and like yourself passionate about the sport of track and field within the state and within the region.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. I don't know about you guys, Caminate, but I'm just super excited to hear that we've got a, a new skipper at the helm and somebody that's got big visions but is focusing on the process. Now the last thing I have for you is you mentioned your Instagram earlier, uh, and I didn't find it. I I did not see any accounts with a ton of grass, but I did find uh your Twitter account, <laughs> and it's got a whopping four tweets. I was and gonna say, I don't
1: know if I I don't know if I have a Twitter account.
0: Well, you you did at one point, and so I found out of your four tweets, this one I didn't realize it until just now, but uh was 12 years, is twelve years ago yesterday, September eighth. I'll hold up to the camera for you. I sent it to Nate and to Cam, <laughs> but it says I'm going for a run. Do you remember that run? And or did you celebrate the twelfth anniversary of that tweet by running yesterday?
1: Okay, two thousand nine. I did not. I was gonna hold this up for you so you can take a look at that. That's my Instagram. Out of the top four, there's two pictures of grass on there. So.
0: <laughs> Love to see it. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, Jimmy Jam 1883, if you want to follow me on Instagram.
0: Hold on. Can you you say that one more time, just a little bit slower?
1: Jimmy Jam 1883. 1983, the year I was born, was already taken, so I had to go with 1883 100 years before that.
0: (laughs) There you go. And I think, was that the year University of North Dakota was established?
1: 1889 was the year North Dakota became a state, I can tell you that.
0: I want to say it's like and 80
1: because most of state schools were land grant institutions that became institutions prior to statehood. So yeah,
0: local. I think, man, well, if that isn't like a crazy mind blowing thing, then uh, I don't know what is. Hey, Jim, we just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. We are beyond excited to see where this program is going to be heading. And we're super pumped that you're at the start of it. So thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you guys for having
2: me on.
0: All right. So Cameron had to leave the call and it is just Nate and I hanging out, but we are going to give you, like we promised a quick one month into the season update on how the cross country season is going so far we can touch on college a little bit but we're mostly going to touch on the high school season maybe we'll start off with college because i think there's really only one meet that's happened so far and it was at und the ron pin classic on september 4th and nate i was honestly very shocked that und crushed ndsu like it was the most decisive win that they've maybe had as a team like in the summit league era so far
3: I, I don't know. I, I was talking with some of my friends that I ran with UND with and it, it was hard to remember the last time that we had actually beaten NDSU in cross country. My, my freshman year of college, which would have been fall of 2011, I believe we beat NDSU on their home course in the first meet. But then they came to our home course later that season and like perfect scored us. And then after that, like they, they were untouchable. So to see them come out and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that they won the men and the women's races they as did. a team, which is
0: huge. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest takeaway for me is both teams are incredibly young. It's getting to the point where I'm only working on three years out of being gone from school, from graduating. I don't recognize a lot of names on either side anymore, but mm-hmm. it looks like, UND has got some pretty tough Rosh to beat, like some very good freshmen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be around for a long time too. So it sky's the limit. The other collegiate thing I want to touch on is you marries Ida Narva ball who won the five K and the 10 K at NCAA division two championships this spring. She's going to be competing in the Norwegian national championships later this month. So I saw that the other day and thought it was really sweet. I'm also a little confused why their national championships are after the Olympics. So late in the season,
3: I was thinking the same thing because like when you think about how an athlete might build up, you know, like the, the national meets for track pour into June usually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now it's September and the Olympics happened as well. So like, as an athlete, do you, do you take time off after nationals? Do you, do you train through for this meet but then now it's also cross country. Like I'd, I'd be very interested to see like how they built her training around a meet in September that is probably trying to pull off of fitness from back in the spring.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I was trying to figure out if it was like their club championships. And I don't <laughs> think it is. And Regardless, we wish her the best of luck. Hope she crushes it. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to be fun to keep an eye on that and get some updates. So, High school-wise, do you want to start boys and girls, A or B? Where do you want to start?
3: You know what? Whenever I'm making my threads on Twitter, I start with the class B girls because whenever you're reading websites, boys always come first and the bigger classes always come first. So why don't we start with the girls in the smallest class?
0: Okay, yeah, let's do it. So get get us started. Who should we be keeping our eyes on?
3: Well, first of all, I think this is rugby's – I think this is rugby's meet to lose Um, their girls have won the meet previously and they're still ranked number one in the polls. They've got two girls in the top three in the poll right now. Um, And I I don't see any way that they don't win unless something bad happens.
1: But um,
3: the, on the individual side, like if there was one race out of the four individual races, that in my opinion is just a complete toss up. I would say it's the class B girls because, um, I wrote, um, an article kind of talking about this race and like out of the top seven or eight girls last year, so many of them beat each other back and forth during cross country and then beat each other back and forth during track. I mean, there was no one girl last year that stood out above the rest all year round and almost everybody came back. And so we still have this Jocelyn going around right now. Hannah Weston from Shiloh is ranked number one right now, um, followed by two girls from rugby. Um, Last year's state champion from Kindred isn't even ranked in the top 10 right now. And the girl that won the 3,200 at state track in the spring, who I had picked in my preseason prediction, Bryn Hansen, she's ranked seventh. So, I mean, it's that that's going to be a race that would be probably the most fun to watch because there's going to be such a big pack probably.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the one tough thing you said. Rugby has a chance to run away with it. And definitely with having three of the top ranked girls in the state, but the talent is just really spread out. I mean, even across the state, I'm looking at athletic.net right now, and we've got Hatton Northwood with Jenna Soin and then we've got Shiloh and Lisbon and Sergeant Central Lidgerwood and rugby. Like, The team race, you know, outside of rugby, like second place, I don't know. Right now, Mayport CG is ranked there. But, I mean, they only have one girl in the top 10. Um, Southern McLean is right there, and they only have a girl ranked in the top 10. Grafton is ranked fourth right now as a team, and they don't have any girl ranked in the top 10. So, Mm -hmm. first place, it might be rugby's to lose, like you said. But I'd be really interested to see how the top three or even the top five rounds out.
3: Yeah. um, You got any more words for class B girls or ready to move on to the next class?
0: Let's move on to the next one. So should we go class A girls? Are we doing this like the state track meet?
3: Yeah, let's do class A girls.
0: Okay. Class A girls is a little bit different story. Um, Actually, I mean, yes and no. There's no one team that looks like they really have it locked up, but we've kind of seen the top two names at the top of the list the whole season. So we've got Eleni Lovgren from Williston who just went down to Augustana, took ninth at a pretty stacked meet and ran what is the state's fastest time right now. Um, I believe it's just under 19 minutes uh, or excuse me, just under 20 minutes. And then we've got Bela Weigel from Bismarck. And both of those two have been putting up consistently the top times in the state hmm So
3: like Williston and Bismarck high have definitely like separated from everybody else. Like I really think it's a two horse race. Um, right now, I believe the latest poll had Bismarck ranked ahead of them, but I mean, the poll doesn't really show how much farther those two teams are ahead than the rest. Mm-hmm. And last year's best. So, so the best returner from last year's race, uh, Jalen Ogle from Watford city, like she's ranked 10th. Um, I I was surprised. Like I I thought she would be one of those people up there in the front battling. And so like my preseason, my preseason pick was Lovgren from Williston. Um, I got to see how well she did on the Matahe trail this summer. Um, You know, like broke her own course record for the girls, 5k. So um, I'm still sticking with her to win the individual title until I see anybody that's able to beat her in a regular season meet.
0: Yeah. Now I've got to go back and correct myself. She does have a time under 19 minutes. Should have trusted my gut there. It sounded really fast. It's because it is. 1852 is what she ran at that Augustana Twilight meet. I want to give a quick shout out to Campbell Dorsey of Red River. So little shout out to the alma mater. I could not tell you the last time a Red River girl was ranked in the top 10 in the state. And Red River as a team right now is ranked third. I don't know the last time as a team they showed up in any ranking so i'll tell you what i i like that dark horse pick out of the east and i know they're ranked high but historically that wouldn't wouldn't tell you but i'm investing in red river right now if they had a if they had a non-fungible token i'd be purchasing it so (laughs) so you you got red river
3: winning the edc and the state
0: you know what i'll say not the state but i'll definitely say if i had to put money down right now which I don't have a lot of because uh, I'm in I'm a student again. I would I'd say Red River.
3: all right. all right.
0: you heard it here first. you heard it here first. All right, any other words on that one, Nate?
3: Um, you know, just it, it's very interesting, you know, the last few years it's been you know Megan Ford, I think last year she ran in the seventeens a couple times, and you know it's just been really interesting this year to see like who who's going to fill that, fill that gap. It's always interesting when, when somebody who's really, really good leaves and there's just this void and watching people try to fight to fill. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's somebody else's chance for glory now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Eleni Lovegren, she's a senior Baila Weigel. She's a sophomore. So we'll see maybe experience plays out there. Um, but potentially somebody to fill that shoe for quite a while. We'll go Class B boys now, and the distance-running capital of the world, Bowman County, if you drive into Bowman, you'll see that sign. They are ranked first right now for the boys. They've got the Warner Brothers, Austin and Taylor, ranked fifth and sixth respectively right now. Nate, you've watched a little bit more cross-country this season than I have despite living in Virginia. Um, Just kind of tell me what we're seeing on this side of things.
3: Look, when you look at the state results from last year on paper, Bowman County was clearly the team to beat uh, this year. And the fact that they're ranked number one in the polls, the way they've been running, like, I I just don't see, I don't see them getting upset this year, unless again, like you never know with like injuries or like, you know, COVID or like, whatever, like always things can pop up, but Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think they're going to be tough to beat. And, and those, those Warner boys, like I, I, I would not be surprised to see them a little further up individually at the state meet than their fifth and sixth place rankings right now. But that's just me. Like if I wanted to to have like my hot take of Mm -hmm. the podcast, my hot take is that Bowman County's got names up in the top three or four spots individually on the boys race.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't seem like anybody is going to be too close to number one. Uh, Ian Bush of Beulah Hazen. He's got that would you go as far as saying locked up at this point?
3: I, I would say so because right now I think number two ranked is uh Colt Spotted Bear for from Newtown. Yeah, I remember Correct. watching him race when he was like in eighth grade. He was already this super tall, lanky boy. And I just remember looking at him thinking, like, if there's anybody from Newtown that's gonna like try to continue their success, like it's gonna be him. And now here he is ranked second in the state, but um, at the Mandan Kiwanis meet on September 3rd, Ian Bush, 1613, Colt Spotted Bear, 1640. So if he's running 27 seconds faster than the second fastest kid in the state mid season, I mean, you got to go with him to win, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big move. Um, and 1613, Mandan notoriously a little faster course, um, but that's still an awesome time for this point in the season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Ian can do. And I mean, that time, that race, um, I suppose we can pull it up here, but that's competing with, you know, some of the top class A runners. Like he was fifth at that meet behind um, Ivan Ascom, Griffin House, Brady Corzmo, and Finn Krenz. And all those guys are ranked in the top 10 right now in class A. So Yeah,
3: we're we're talking about him finishing one second in cross country behind a kid that ran 920-something in the 3200 at state last year. So he's running in cross country with people that have ran times that would be some of the fastest in Class B history. So, like, you know, we're talking about a Class B stud right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, no question about it. So definitely one to keep your eyes on, Ian Bush of Beulah, uh, Colt Spotted Bear as well. Make sure you keep your eyes on him. And we'll wrap this thing up. Class A boys. There's been some fast times thrown down. And like we said, we're only a month into the season. Almost a month exactly. But yeah, it's been phenomenal watching some of these times roll in. Right now, top time in the state comes from Ivan Askim of Williston. 1551, uh, excuse me, that was 1551 at the Williston meet. Um, but overall, as far as times in the state go we've got that's number one griffin house from century is number two at about 16 minutes flat but let me tell you the boys of williston they're the real deal this year
3: yeah um and i i gotta ask you this is the question i was gonna ask you have you heard anything about ivan ask him because before I started, like, when I started seeing his name, I was like, man, when I was doing my results stuff last year, I don't remember just coming across his name. Um, and I looked in the state cross-country results last year, and unless I'm blind, like, I didn't see his name. And so we're talking about the number one ranked runner in the state right now. I don't even think he ran a state cross-country last year. And so is he, is he a transfer? Like, do you know anything? Like, I, I have no idea.
0: Well, here, here's what I can tell you, Okay. On his Instagram, Ivan Askham has (laughs) two posts, all right? One of them is a post from March 1st of this year on the basketball court. The second photo is from June 1st at the state track meet. His profile picture is him crossing some dude up on the basketball court. So I I can't tell you if he ran cross last year, but I think basketball maybe comes first for him. Um, all I do know besides that is he sent us some flyer pictures of the Williston boys racing earlier this season. So I don't know his his history. Ivan, if all you're right. listening to this, send us a message and let us know. But that's a all really right. good so, question. So hear, hear me out
3: here. Um, you mentioned state track. And so I just pulled up the state track results. Okay, so he ran in the 1600 and he placed 19th. With 432.8, 20 seconds behind champion Sean Corzmo. And then in the 3200, I don't see his name at all. So we're talking about the number one ranked runner in cross country right now. Took 19th in the mile at state track last year. And that's why I was unfamiliar with his name. Man. That's crazy.
0: That is crazy. That is crazy indeed. Crazy. indeed. I had
3: had picked his teammate, Finn Krenz, when I did my like preseason predictions. Um, And they I mean, they've been pretty close up front, but it seems like Ivan has been like a second or two or more ahead of him at a lot of these meets. But I think they're both juniors. And so it'd be really interesting to see a meet where they're just like where they both like unleash the plow and go for it. You know?
0: Yeah. Now. One thing I gotta say here. We've been throwing a lot of love to the West. I made my prediction about Red River girls, but we can't forget about the Red River Boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest one more time. Red River Boys right now we've got two guys in the top ten, Hunter McHenry at number five and Matt Rognich at number seven. They're looking good. They've been beating people left and right, and they're deep. I mean, they just keep coming and coming. We've got a couple of Defos in there, mixing it up. We've got a few other people that are hopping onto the scene, but I am really liking how red Rivers is looking right now. Um, second best team in the rankings from the East is Fargo Davies. They're ranked fourth. Red rivers beat them head to head several times already. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of how red Rivers is looking. So
3: actually when you look at the results from last year at the state cross country meet, so I took out all the seniors and I rescored the meet I actually made a blog post on the blog where I rescored all the meets. And um, if you rescore last year's Class A boys with only four runners scoring, Grand Forks Red River was at 29, and the next was Williston at 75. Now hear me out. So Grand Forks Red River, if I scored five runners from last year, they're at 64 points. And the next team in the state was at 75 with four runners. So like on paper going into this season, they were the team to beat. And so far, they've still been running well. And in fact, I'm going to join you and invest on the EDC dethroning the West for, you know what, let let me actually look this up. Um, Since 2003, there has not been a single team from the EDC that has won the Class A Boys State title. So for the last 18 years, a team from the West has won every year. And I'm with you. I'm investing on Grand Forks Red River to end it right there.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay, we heard it. I like that. I like that. And we'll just have to see. We're not that far into the season. We got a lot left. And so we'll be keeping you updated. Nate, is there any, any last words or anything that we need to say after a, a, a take like that? A take that we both agree on like that.
3: I think the one thing that we have to mention is I um, I checked the North Dakota State High School Activities Association website, and I'm fairly confident that they're doing a two-day state meet this year, um, yes. Class B one day and Class A on the other. And so I know last year they split sites because of uh, like Class B went up to what, Cooperstown and Class A stayed in Jamestown. So, you know, the the vibe of the state meet is going to have completely changed in the last two years and it'd be very interesting to see just like what that's like
0: yeah yeah and if you are listening right now and you have your take on that send us a message uh hit us on our social medias we'd love to hear what you think if you would have preferred it to be a one-day meet again or if you're excited about the two-day format i think that's going to do it from us here at the prairie track and field podcast so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week